This is Defender Radio. Defender Radio is brought to you by the Association for the Protection of Fur-Bearing Animals. It's the week of December 5th, 2016, and this is Michael Howie welcoming you to episode 409 of Defender Radio. The Rowles family was trying to find a home. But when they arrived in a tiny town in southern Bulgaria, they found their calling, finding homes for street dogs. The heartwarming story began with Diane and Tony Rowles looking for a change in their family's life. The couple moved themselves and their children to Rudism, Bulgaria, where they hoped to perhaps open a cafe. Instead, they became the protectors of street dogs, opened a shelter, and helped rehome hundreds of dogs across Europe. Their story, with its ups and downs, loss and beauty, is told in a wonderful documentary directed by a longtime supporter of the Fur Bears, Aaron Parks. Finding Shelter, the story of the Rudism Street Dog Rescue, is available now on the iTunes Store, with proceeds going to help the dogs. To share with us insight into the Rouse family story, the impact they're making for the dogs, and how wanting to tell the stories of various animal rescues around the world led to this one very special family, Defender Radio was joined by Aaron Parks. Now, you were interviewing and meeting people from all over the world who were doing animal rescue. What happened in Bulgaria that made you sort of refocus the project on this family? I realized that they were the entire story. Because to me, you get it, you, you follow someone from the beginning to the end of what sparked their interest and the challenges they faced. And I just thought they were amazing and fascinating. So, yeah. This all started as sort of a broad project to just sort of see and learn about different animal rescues. That was it. That was it. it was just to sort of show people some of the challenges that... that um, different countries are facing and just to see where everybody's at in terms of laws, just things I kind of thought, okay, this is, could be interesting for the public interest. And, but it was, I think when I met Diane and Tony, they gave me what I think I had been yearning, which was the human connection and, and what makes them tick to really understand that it's more than just the animals, it's them as people and how they've grown. Well, and that's what was very interesting in watching this documentary for me is, uh, and as as you may well know, and as our listeners know, I, I watch a lot of documentaries on a lot of subjects <laughs> such as this. Um, and it definitely does stand out because frequently, and, and it's a choice that people make when they make, when they produce these films, that the story is going to be about the animals. Um, Mm -hmm. And sometimes that works very well, but it ends up being about the people anyway. Now, in this case, you made it about the people and their experience with the animals. And I found that a a strangely different way of looking at this story. Uh, Because, again, frequently it's about the animals and the people are there and they're the only ones who talk. So they kind of take over the narrative. Mm -hmm. Whereas here, you just sort of allowed them to be the narrative. Exactly. And it... um... You know, thank you for noticing that, because I think at some point I realized um, I think there's an opportunity to reach more people when you can connect with them, Um, because very often, and I'm sure you know it, you tell people what you're interested in and and sometimes they, oh, yeah, I care about animals, but I don't know if I really want to invest 
my time watching just, you know, sometimes people worry that it's going to, you're going to watch too much suffering and, and different things. And I just really wanted people to see uh, the human story and, and how it shaped their lives, how serving these animals actually gave them a sense of purpose and they found a home for the first time. And there's no doubt they are unusual. I'm, you know, they, they have something in them that maybe we don't all have. Um, although I, I've heard from some people who have watched it that it gives them hope because you can see how simple it is to actually start even just in a small way. Absolutely. It's, it's a very uh, interesting adventure that they've, this family has undertaken. Um, and you know, li- listening to them talking, they've moved from London to Scotland to Bulgaria, which I... I now, I'm not going to judge, but when I'm sort of throwing the dart at the wall and deciding where I'm going to spend the rest of my life, Bulgaria is not the top of the list. Well, you know, it was interesting. I think they were thinking about the south of France at one point, but the house prices went up and they just, and Bulgaria, I think, just, and, and it is beautiful. There's actually parts of Bulgaria, it's oh, just yes. gorgeous. But yes, I can completely appreciate like, oh, <laughs> that's quite a leap. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, and it's, it's even looking at the scenery. I mean, that could be parts of Alberta or British Columbia yeah. or, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Alaska. Like it, it, it's a very pleasant looking place. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just again, it's one of those ones where it's sort of oh, so why it, it, was Kazakhstan full? I don't know. Um, but anyways, I don't, I, I don't want to uh, uh, belittle them. They they are doing wonderful work. It's just such an odd mm-hmm. choice. Now, when you heard their story, and again, this is like you, you often hear people say um, that they start out with one dog, or there was a need, and this and that, and their story follows that that line of sort of progress of we saw, we started to do something and it kind of snowballed. Yes. Um, what to you makes that story different from the rest? Um, you know, I, there was a couple of things. Um, their determination for sure. The, and their humor. Um, I really was hoping I was capturing um their humor and the way they move through the world. Um, and I'll be honest, they reminded me perhaps of my own parents who sort of um, were kind of hippies from the 70s and, and had a, a certain outlook on life. So I think I was attracted to that too. And I think it was the fact that they could so quickly make the connection of if we just get a property, then, then we can start a shelter. Like they could see it almost immediately. As soon as they started bringing the dogs in, I think they started to see, okay, we can take this to the next level. Now they didn't know how that there was, there was going to be a leap and they had to have people who came on board and the support they got online. I mean, social media, for them was the game changer because the amount of people on Facebook that go on and support them and give them emotional support, they would not, to be honest, have been able to go to the next step without that, that support. Um, People they've never met because it just gives you that encouragement 
and then um, donations and being able to set up as a registered charity. So it just happened. um, it, It happened in order when you look at it, but I think for them, they couldn't always see exactly where the end was going to be, but they just never gave up. Yeah. Now, they they said that they were going to start, uh, I think this is a small bar, a cafe with their savings. And <laughs> they very quickly started going through all of those savings to feed the dogs. Um, and I think they said in town, there were 30 dogs that relied on them daily for feeding. And as someone who, who frequently talks and writes uh, about uh, feeding wildlife and stuff like that, I... I was very aware of my personal messaging on feeding wildlife and my understanding of roaming dogs and all of these other things. But when you look at the animals in the streets, um, in uh, was it Rudism? How do you say that properly? Rudism. rudism. Okay. Yeah, Rudism. Um, yeah. They are not healthy animals. They are not getting by and doing okay. They, they, they were uh, very, very thin. They looked frequently mm-hmm. ill. Um, like again, that's, it's not like in some communities where cats or dogs are able to sort of cut out a little living, uh, they were barely alive frequently. Um, so that, that to me was, uh, and it wasn't done in, in a, in an upsetting way. It was just sort of presented like, this is what the reality was. So that, that was, that was interesting to, to watch, but, um, I, I, I need to know, and you may not know, but how are they right. providing for themselves as well as the dogs? That was something that kind of struck me as I watched that because they talked about how, you know, we moved to these different places trying to find the place we'd be happy. Um, and our plan was to start the small business. And I imagine that's the kind of thing mm-hmm. where they run and the kids come in and help <clears throat> and this and that. Yeah. So how do they kind of go from there into the caring for the dogs seemingly full time? Yes, yes. Well, they did. um, They were running when they left Scotland, they had a a bar, they did actually own a bar in Scotland as well. So they sold that bar. So they did have a good amount of money in the bank when they moved to Rudizem. But of course, as you said, I mean, and, and as they shared with me, they could see, okay, if we continue do if we continue on this track um we are going to go through all of our savings but at the same time i should let you know they live a very modest life um and and rudism unlike um parts of vancouver or toronto is a fairly um low cost place to live um and so they are living off um still their savings that they had initially, and um, and then the money that comes in for donations, some of it does go obviously to running the shelter, and I couldn't tell you exactly how it's broken down, but they would be giving, um, you know, their children get a salary again from those donations, but of course everything, I mean, they're very transparent with their accounting. Well, and I think it's also, as you said, it's a very, and you don't want to say simple life, but it kind of is. Um, it is. Like yes. you go down and you buy your food from the market, from the guy who grew it or brought it into town. That's and, right. That's right. Yeah. And yes, and you're not spending um, much on transportation or clothing or things like that, that we, and even just the cost, and, they, and their home, 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 they bought outright. So they own their own home. Mm. Um, 
so yeah, so a lot of those costs were were paid for initially when they when they, with their savings. Um, and it's it's very impressive to see what they have accomplished, and also very. I mean, it's uh, for me, it felt a little overwhelming watching with all of the dogs around. Um, you know, they talk about the fact that at one point. Uh, they, you know, as, as anyone involved in rescue of uh, dogs knows, you have to separate dogs for a lot of different yeah. reasons. So they, they had created pens in the garden and they had each of the dogs <laughs> in different rooms. The kids were giving up their bedrooms for the dogs. Um, it's yeah. Unbelievable. Th- that to me, I think was sort of interrupt, but that to me was where I went, Oh my gosh, they are very different than than so many people I've met, um, just the fact that they would give up their own personal space um, to continue helping these animals. Um, well, was, what what yeah. really strikes me too, um, and this this comes up throughout it, um, and again, it may just be me because of what I do, but I watch them, I kind of start to, and it's like when I was saying they were feeding the dogs, and I kind of see that at first and I go, oh, I don't know about this. Mm-hmm. And then I watch how they do it. I watch why they do it. They talk it out and say, okay, that makes sense. And then, yes. you know, they're, they're, they're giving up uh, rooms for the dogs. And I think, oh, that's starting to look like hoarding. And, uh, you know, here in Ontario, that's that's a big issue. I know in BC, it's a big issue. So I start to kind of, are they on this path? But then they go, nope, now we recognize this problem and we're going to yes. find a solution for it. We're going to build the shelter. Um, so it, it is very interesting to see how they sort of, they come up against these problems that very frequently for individuals, not for necessarily larger organizations but for individuals who try and tackle things like this end up burying them and they very simply find a solution and move forward yes exactly and they i mean that um and and they knew to just to reiterate they also knew this this wasn't right they need to stop they need to go to the next level and get a bigger space a proper shelter and they almost immediately could see that and, and re- reached out. And that, again, was where social media came into it because they let their followers know, we're buying this property, we need help, and, and people responded. Um, and that's how they were able to buy the property. That's how they're able to continue upgrading. And, um, and their biggest goal is to get the animals adopted. Um, and I think that's, to be honest, what a lot of shelters, I mean, that's really the goal is for them to find forever homes. Um, and of course with Europe, the countries being so close to each other, it's actually so much easier because you can travel overland eight hours and, and you can, you can find a new home. (laughs) That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. 
there wasn't their true they their commitment to each other is is incredible. The boys were younger. What Diane had said to them, and they all told me this was true, that she said, try it for six months. And if you really hate it, you can go back and, you know, live with extended family or something like that. She definitely gave them the option. And I will say that's probably what I felt watching their dynamic was she empowers her children um, in a way, maybe we're not used to so much here. Um, and, and I think that's why they went, you know what, I want to stick together. I want to do this, but they're making the choice. And I think they love, they love the life there as well. I mean, they love the countryside. Um, now I think as you saw in the end of the film, the youngest daughter did end up for work reasons and, um, and her youngest children, um, she did end up moving back to, to the UK. Um, but the boys are definitely still there. And, you know, they built lives there. They be, because they moved their younger, they speak the language. And um, yeah, they, they have, it has become a, their, their home as well. Uh, one of my favorite parts of this is uh, the conversations between Diane, the, the matriarch, and the children, as well as for the interviews with the kids. Um, and actually, before I get into that, mm-hmm. how did Diane and Tony keep these children from murdering them in their sleep? Because when my parents <laughs> made me go to Florida when I was like 14, <laughs> I came real close. And their parents made them move to Bulgaria. So yes. what's that? I mean, is that an unreal relationship? Was there some special editing in there? What, what, what's up there with that wasn't. family dynamic? Their true, they, their commitment to each other is, is incredible. The boys were younger. What Diane had said to them, and they all told me this was true, that she said, try it for six months. And if you really hate it, you can go back and, you know, live with extended family or something like that. She definitely gave them the option. And I will say that's probably what I felt watching their dynamic was she empowers her children um, in a way maybe we're not used to so much here. Um, and, and I think that's why they went, you know what, I want to stick together. I want to do this, but they're making the choice. And I think they love, they love the life there as well. I mean, they love the countryside. Um, now I think as you saw in the end of the film, the youngest daughter did end up for work reasons and, um, and her youngest children, um, she did end up moving back to, to the UK. Um, but the boys are definitely still there and, you know, they built lives there. They be, because they moved their younger, they speak the language and, um, yeah, they, they have, it has become a, their, their home as well. Well, and that certainly is something that's uh, been a positive influence on those children, but the influence of that family on the community, and you, you kind of, you want to be careful that we're not playing, um, playing into some kind of, uh, I'm trying to think of the proper term, but that sort of uh, white savior type thing, or the, I guess in this case, it's more the, the, English to the rescue. Um, But it does seem very apparent that the community's attitude towards these animals 
was not necessarily one that you would personify as evil or bad, but it was just so wholly indifferent um, that the very slightest amount of compassion really it really started to just spread. Yes, it did. It did, and it continues to. And, you know, change, I mean, we all know in animal rescue or animal welfare, it's slow. It's very, very slow, and it does need generations to really um, take hold. And, you know, it is incredible to see. I think my view on it is it's all there, but it just, you give people permission to, to go, okay, yeah, I can see something different. Um, and life is hard in some of the small towns in Bulgaria. Um, poverty levels are high or, or not a lot of work. And so, yeah, animals are not considered like having a pet isn't, it's a luxury item to have a pet. Um, and we see that in a lot of parts of the world, but I just think watching how Diane and Tony live and, you know, they're not, um, they don't put themselves on the community in that, look what we are doing. They're just doing. And, but because they, because people were working with them, um, you know, young people started coming and working with them. That's sort of how it, it, it sort of spread very organically. And the, the younger boys making friends and peer um, peer communities is always a better way to to sort of adopt new ideas that you might not be used to. Um, and so I think that's sort of how it's happened, but very slowly. And like I said, very it's been organic. Absolutely. And one of the things I I really enjoyed um, was the one one son talking with his new friend uh, who was working at the, the, the shelter saying, um, mm-hmm. you know, we used to hit the dogs and shoot at the dogs because that's what the adults did. Yeah. That was just, that's what you do to the yeah. dogs. And he said, I used to be afraid of the dogs and of other animals. But then when he started hanging out mm-hmm. with this other boy um, and got to meet the dogs, he said, I saw how afraid they are. And to me, that that's, that's yeah. like the aha moment of the entire thing is that just sort of, they, as you said, they are just doing this. They're not... Try, they are not. Uh, they're not protesting. They're not yelling at people. They're not forcing. They're no. just saying we are going to come to this area. We're going to live here. We see a problem. We're going to address it. They're doing their own thing, and it just as people see that, as they are slowly introduced to it, it's that truly hard to find genuine change. Um, and that's a, it's a very exciting thing to see take place. And you did a great job of capturing that. And I think it. it it hopefully is maybe what this rescue sort of long-term is known for uh, more than anything else. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. And I believe so. I do believe, I do believe in that and I believe in their legacy and I, you know, and their dream is not for it to end with them. They want it to just continue on, whether it's their children or the community taking it up. Um, They want this to continue. Uh, and people who want to help. This is one of those ones where it's, you know, they're, they're doing great work. Yeah. There's a lot of great work happening all over the mm-hmm. world, um, to, to be honest. And they are, as they said, you know, there, there's no there's no one else doing it where they are. Um, 
And I think that's, you know, it's something we sometimes take for granted. While we may not like the way animal control takes place in our communities, there is animal control. There, there is someone who will do something about it. Whereas in this community, it's, it's literally just them. They're the only ones taking action. Um, that's true. So what can people do who, who, who see this film, who read about them, who visit their website, uh, to, to try and make a difference either there in, uh, Rudizem or in their own community, wherever they may be. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I would, you know, first, um, you know, on Facebook, they, if you just look up Rudizem street dog rescue, and you'll find their Facebook presence. They also have a website, um, streetdogrescue.com. And whether it's, um, of course, financial donations are great. They often, you can um, do specific projects, so whether they're repairing parts of the shelter um, or there's other specific projects that they're doing that you can donate to specifically. Often they'll have campaigns where they're maybe asking for leashes or food or bedding. There's like, there's always that. And I, and what you say about your own community, that's where it truly starts as well. You know, um, walk dogs on the weekends at the SBCA or any other shelter that you prefer. Um, there's lots of non-kill shelters. There's all kinds of shelters out there. Or just people doing it out of their homes as well that don't have shelters, but maybe they're fostering animals. There's so many ways to get involved and even just an hour or two a week to give your time. It, I mean, it, it makes a world of difference for, for the different charities and organizations out there. To find out more about the Rudism Street Dog Rescue, visit them at streetdogrescue.com. To get your copy of the beautifully made Finding Shelter, visit findingshelter.net or search Finding Shelter on the iTunes store. That's it for this week. I want to thank Aaron for taking the time to chat with us and the Rowles family for all their hard work for the street dogs of Bulgaria. Until next time, this is Michael Howie reminding you to stay informed and stay strong. <laughs>